0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Bible Thumper Podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, your regular host, and with me this evening is Zachariah King. Yeah. And we are going to be talking about welfare, homelessness, and Christianity. So I had a friend of mine come and ask me if we could go over this subject a little while ago. I don't remember. Boy, I don't even remember who it was but the reason they brought it up was they said patrick we have a serious homeless problem here in grand junction colorado would you agree part of town that i hang out in sure does <laughs> and he said i'm struggling because as a christian i'm wondering what am i supposed to be doing here you know can can anyone give me some direction as far as you know what as a christian what are my responsibilities? How am I supposed to help? What am I doing that's right, wrong, good, bad, you know, and is anything making a difference? He had a lot of questions. Sure. And really, he said, you know, could you just get into it? So, all right, Zach, let me start off. I got a lot of questions for you. I'm going to tell you.
1: And I don't know what any of them are either. You
0: don't know what any of them are, but I will tell you when I'm setting you up with a question.
1: You okay. want me to go ahead and just fall into some traps for you? No, no, no. I mean, you
0: can if you want. I just mean that there are several questions that I really don't know the answer to, and I yeah, want to hear yeah. what you have to say. Sure. And then there are other questions where I think I clearly know the answer. I have my answer ready, Scripture to back it up, you know, locked and loaded, ready to go. Yeah, you yeah. Know, don't fall just into the trap. Shoot. Okay. Yeah,
1: and just blow me down with them, sure. Okay, so let's start with this. Does God want the Christian to take care of the poor? Does God want the Christian to take care of the poor? Uh, yes. Okay. I would say. Uh, but I I don't know if I want to get into this just right off the bat.
0: What What but, are you thinking?
1: Well, just the word poor itself oh, gives you so many different places to go. My next two questions. That's one of them. Okay, yes. What is the poor? Because...
0: The biggest problem when we're we're going over any subject is we don't define terms, and then you have people from opposing views talking past each other because we didn't start out with a foundation.
1: Because I'm thinking to myself, okay, what I mean by poor is Uh a widow Uh whose children don't respect her anymore Uh because dad's gone. Yep. They try to take advantage of her and Uh have access to her bank account. Uh Mm-hmm. And she's part of my church. Yeah. So I'm like, well, yeah, duh. Yeah. Of course. Gotta help her. But somebody else is thinking, a guy down the street who I tried to buy a hamburger for, he said me, no, no, thanks. Mm -hmm. I don't need a hamburger. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to buy some drugs. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to give me money, (laughs) money, cash, I'm going to come pee in your house. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And it's like. So immediately just the word poor. Yeah. When you have two different images in your mind. Yes. I, I'm hundred percent with you. Define the terms mm-hmm. so that we understand what we're all talking about. Because the word poor just in itself
0: yeah. it's it's so broad and, and we have to narrow it down some. Okay. So now I was gonna ask that question second. Do you hear a little hiss, like a little high pitch whine? Okay, then it's probably it's probably just my headphones. I just wanted to make sure you weren't hearing it too, so it's yeah. not being recorded. Okay, so I, I don't. That's fine. We're probably fine. So, <clears throat> the first question I wanted to go over is, or I should say, the first term I wanted to define is "take care of," right? Because oh, okay. we said, does God want the Christian to take care of the poor? So the poor. I think is the bulk of our conversation today. I think that's where we're going to get into yeah, most but, of but it. But let's
1: start at the start.
0: So I wanted to kind of define a what I think is a shorter part, and that is take care of. So if we're going to have this discussion, we need a a goal we're trying to reach. Okay, so what is that goal?
1: When we say take care of, <clears throat> yeah. So what are we saying? We do the work in Kenya. Mm-hmm. We've got the girls in the house. Mm-hmm had an awesome golf tournament yesterday, by the way. Thanks, so, man.
0: Okay, so start off back one or two steps because yes. some people don't know what you're talking about, yeah. even though I do.
1: So she has a name. Blythe was on the podcast
0: Month a couple ago? months ago, two months ago. Yeah. something like that. Yep. Yeah. She has a name. Yeah. It's the name of the charity.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. She has a name, .info. Uh, so mostly orphaned, mm-hmm. but not entirely, but always poor. Always poor. Teenage girls mm-hmm. in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So what do we provide for them? Housing, food, school, insurance, clothing. It's it's like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. thing, like shelter, food, warmth, covering. Now you now one thing I
0: wanna throw in there though is we're we're into a little bit of a specific yes. group, yes. which is Minors. Yes. Okay, totally different than adults.
1: Or if you have a widow who already owns a house. Sure. So what I would start with, though, is I would say take care of, at least to some degree, Mm -hmm. the the people that we know the Bible commands us to take care of, Uh widows, orphans. No, no, no.
0: We're not dealing with people.
1: No, No, we're not dealing with any people yet.
0: What is taking care of? That's it. Not the people. Needs. Okay. I
1: I would give me your list. I would start there.
0: Top three, top five, whatever. Food. Okay. Right. Nobody dies of hunger. Food. Okay. Yep. Shelter. Nobody dies of exposure. Okay. I'm with you.
1: I I think really really quickly. Uh Uh-huh. You move from there to like training, Mm -hmm. teaching, Uh um, educating, um. Training how to work a job, uh-huh. like something in that level. So to again, just being as broad as you can, because sure. there's lots of, like, I take care of my kids, a different way I take care of orphans, in the, or orphans, which is a different way I take care of the widows in the church. Mm-hmm. But I would start with, where are you going to sleep?
0: Mm-hmm. What are you going to eat? And, and what I had written down is no one dies of hunger, no one dies of exposure. And what I'm now, now bear with me because we're going to add to this, but I'm going to start with that's it. That's what has to be when we're talking about does God want the Christian to take care of the poor? When we say take care of, we have to have a starting point and that's got to be it. Okay. We're preserving life because the concern for me, and keep in mind we're talking about in America, is that the goal cannot be the median or average income in your area and providing the poor with that, right? Because all of a sudden that is going to be unsustainable for a community, a church, a government. I mean, there's no way that we're going to be able to do that. And this is an idea that I don't think is very palatable, but I think it's a good starting point And that is that when we're talking about taking care of the poor, the level of provision is going to start at a pretty bleak and depressing and unenjoyable level, but it's better than dying of starvation and dying of exposure. Okay. So can we say, yeah, right. Because I think the problem is when we talk about the spectrum of, what we're going to try to bring the poor up to when we provide. We're starting with, we're going to, we're going to make sure they're alive. We're going to make sure they're not cold. We're going to make sure, you know, they're, yes. they're not yes. hungry. Sure. Okay. But then are we going to say, well, I mean, Zach, the poor need air conditioning.
1: Well, I think there's a couple steps even before that though. <laughs> um, what about medication? Uh huh like that one's really really Mm -hmm. that that one can be tough um if you can't prove your identity Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but you have a prescription medication Mm -hmm. that we're supposed to like i I think that could be difficult Um, if you live in another town Mm -hmm. what what's the story about transportation
2: Mm
1: -hmm. i think there's a couple steps along the way or of course, I'm a I'm a shades of gray guy. Yeah, and so but, and I'm the black and white right. guy. So I'm I'm with you to begin with for sure though. Yeah, like I want to start with this is what
0: we have to provide. Here's my here's my issue. This is this is what I'm saying. I understand you need more than these things. No one's saying course, that you don't need more. What I'm saying is, what am I obligated to provide? Okay. We can, we can work on more, Yes, but can we say that if we can start with, and we haven't gotten to who the poor is yet, but if we can say that the people God wants us to help, we are going to make sure that they are fed and clothed, they are warm when it's cold outside, they are not going to die of heat stroke, okay, that's where we're starting. I understand there are lots and lots of things oh, for yeah. an enjoyable, fulfilling life, but the There is no way, there's not enough dollars in the world to get everyone in need up to the level of a middle-class American. It just doesn't exist. If we are solely responsible and they have no responsibility in it.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's... So that's going to move us on to number two. So we're going to be able to weed out a lot of people when we talk about who is the poor. So we need to know the segment of society that we are trying to help. Mm-hmm. Do you agree that it cannot be everyone who is living on the streets?
1: Yes. Okay. And, now, and I, I'll give you, I'll give you the first cut. Give me it. Because, because I give you, I'll give everybody the easy ones. Mm-hmm. You're the wacko who will start. Yeah. yeah i start, start
0: knocking off more groups. Sla- yeah. what,
1: it was <laughs> the, uh, Ron Swanson Mm -hmm. slashing Byrne? Yeah, yeah, he's gutting the government. (laughs) So there are a group of people Uh in Grand Junction.
0: Yeah, this is a good place to have this podcast because you and I have dealt with this here locally more than a lot of people in a lot of cities have.
1: The church that I pastor Mm -hmm. is across the street from one of the most... Go ahead.
0: Use the word infested.
1: <laughs> the highly used. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it It's a public park. It is a public park that people use mm-hmm. as their shelter. Mm-hmm. It's home base. Yeah. I know bunches of guys. Yep. There is a certain population of the people who. They, I mean, they don't have residence there, but they they stay there. They'll mm-hmm. they'll spend a night there. They'll yep. do whatever there. Who will just tell you, I'm not going to a homeless shelter. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'm not going to Catholic outreach for food. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to somebody's house. I'm staying out here and I'm looking for money to do drugs with. Yeah. And that's it. Bottom line. Yeah. If you can't give it to, I don't want your McDonald's burger. Yeah. Now that's a certain amount of people. I don't have any percentages. And And then there's other people from there. Sure.
0: Sure. But We can agree Okay, so let me let me piggyback on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, you know that I'm a recovering drug addict. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've gone through Narcotics Anonymous. Yes, I've gone to rehab. I I sponsor guys. I have a sponsor. I have worked in a drug rehab. Yes, I have worked in the St. Mary's emergency room and pumped on the chest of these guys to start their heart. I have administered Narcan to bring them out of an opioid um, uh, coma when they stopped breathing and saved their lives. I've dealt with drug addiction. Does the drug addict count when we say the poor? I say no way.
1: That's really interesting coming from a guy who's like been there, done that, yes, because I haven't.
0: So let me tell you why, and then you can tell yeah, me if yeah. you think so or not this is the, this is the reason why. When we support a drug addict in any way that allows them to continue in their addiction, that is called enabling.
1: So one of the things that I do personally, mm-hmm. I don't give anybody cash, sure. I will go down to McDonald's or Arby's or whatever. And I bring people food all the time. Sure. But I don't give out any cash anymore.
0: Now I'll tell you this. I don't even do that. And, and there's a reason why and I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. So, um, enabling is anything that you do that protects the addict from the consequences of their addiction. So what we're doing when we enable someone is we are helping them to remain in their addiction and delay the decision to get help for their problem. And this is coming from a guy that's talked to husbands of addicts, wives of addicts, moms and dads of addicts, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends of addicts. And they really struggle with the whole idea of, Oh, well, you know, my son's going to get kicked out of his house. He's or, you know, they're going to lose their apartment or, oh, they, you know, they don't have any food or all these things. And I always say, that's awesome. They're really getting close to needing to change their life. (laughs) And they look at you like you're a monster. And it's like, no, I've been doing this for almost 25 years. Okay. I've buried lots of friends who were in addiction and could not get over it. And guess what? I'm going to bury a lot more. That's addiction. It's ugly and nobody wants to think of it that way. But addicts are either going to get the help they need and get over it or they're going to die in their addiction. And I hate to say it, lots of them die in their addiction. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. So anything that I do to provide any level of help or comfort which prolongs the addict from having to deal with their addiction and get help, I believe is enabling. Now, that's, again, I'm the black and white guy. I take a real hard line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, okay, so when I was a drug addict, Zach, do you know that there was not one single day for years and years that I did not use illegal drugs?
1: No. Not one no. day. A year? How many years? I don't know. Uh, a few. Under three,
0: but more than two.
1: Yeah, okay. Not one. Not one day. day. Wow. So
0: if I'm able to raise the money I need, to support my addiction every single day. And you know what, Zach? I don't think I want a single day without cigarettes either. Probably not. Yeah, so. Well, and it's not real cheap
2: (laughs) from what I understand.
0: No, but they have the means to feed themselves. But if it comes down to skipping a meal and getting the drugs for the day or not having the drugs for a day and, and getting a meal that I need, Every single drug addict is going to go for the drugs. None yeah. of us are going to go for the meal. My point is simply this. They don't need any help. The, the whole lifestyle is lie, cheat, and steal, scheme, connive, con. But we have a million ways to raise the money that we need to get the fix that we need.
1: Now, you, you, always, you were never homeless. Yeah, no, yeah,
0: no, I mean,
1: couch surfing or something or,
0: you know, there were periods of time just where it was kind of like that, where it was like, you know, but no, never because do you know the last thing every addict loses? So when you start doing drugs, you're going to lose a variety of things. You might lose your driver's license, right? You get a DUI, you might lose your girlfriend or your wife or your kids or a whole bunch Mm -hmm. of things. Do you know the very last thing every single drug addict loses?
1: No. Their job. That's the last thing. The last thing. Because they need the money.
0: You need the money. And if you want to make your addiction really difficult, you lose your job.
2: Mm. So
0: you will figure out a way to keep that job or get another one because all of a sudden at the end of the day, you know, you got to come up with a lot of money and there is an easy way to do it. and, And that was... You know, you're nine to five. Yeah. So you move from a level of functional alcoholic and addict to a level of unfunctional. And whenever you become an unfunctional, you know, drug addict or alcoholic, the job's going to go and you're not going to be able to pick up another one. Sure. And at that point, you're faced with a reality. I either need to get help or I am going to start living on the streets. Mm -hmm. And some people, it's so strong that they're willing to give the streets a go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that doesn't surprise me. That I know. (laughs) So that's
0: why I say, no, the, the drug addict does not count because the goal is for them to get so sick and tired that the pain of addiction outweighs the fear and pain of recovery. Because it's scary to think you're going to give up drugs and it's going to be a lot of work. But we need the pain to get so bad Hmm. that they say, you know what, I'll try. I will do anything to get over this. And when they get to that point, they're in a good place. And then we shift gears and we want to help. Sure. But not until that point. And that's what a lot of people that have not been through addiction struggle with. They think the point is mild discomfort is when we need to start helping them. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's, you know, it's a ways down the road.
1: Wow. That is interesting.
0: Yeah, so that's the, that's the idea. It's not going to be a popular one. I don't expect I'm going to convince a lot of people, you know, of that. But what I am saying is, anytime you pull up to a stop sign or a traffic light and there's a guy with a cardboard sign and you give them money, you are enabling them. That's what I'm saying.
1: We we had a guy um, worked in the um, homeless teen.
0: Helping the Hel- helping homeless, homeless teams, teams in the community. In
1: the valley. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. And um one of the things that he's told us about, about helping people at the church is that if you help them, they don't change. Yes. So I mean obviously the change for you was you you met a guy named Jesus. and um, then
0: that was after I met Jesus in
1: AA, recovery. Or, Yes. Oh, in recovery. So I was
0: an atheist heading into recovery. Wow, really? I, I, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Wow. Like, I was challenged to pray in my very first narcotics anonymous meeting. Okay. I was I was in the meeting and it was a small meeting. There was maybe like six or eight of us. And I was kind of, you know, complaining about a couple things. I was like, man, I'm really stressed out. You know, I got this DUI hanging over my head and I got, you know, all this stuff. And a couple of the guys And you were like early twenties. No, I was 17, 17. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was a wreck. Yeah. We'll get into it. Actually, Your poor mom. What's that? Your poor mom. Oh yeah. You should ask her about it. Sometime. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I will talk to yeah. her about it. Say, tell, tell me about when Patrick was doing drugs and drinking. What, what, I mean, I probably knocked years off her life. So anyway, I went to this meeting, and uh, these guys were like, man, you need to pray about that. You need to pray about that. And I said, well, I don't believe in God. <laughs> and this one old guy looked at me like I was an idiot, yeah. and he says, uh, you don't need to believe in God for God to hear your prayers.
1: <laughs> oh, wow, this is a good
0: one. And I thought,
2: man, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> and, I sa- and I went home and I prayed for the first time in my life that I remember. And I got up off my knees, and I felt good. I Mm. felt better. And I couldn't really describe the feeling other than maybe encouraged, satisfied. Okay, yeah. But I felt like someone heard me, and it was a good... I felt like I did a good thing, and I prayed every day since then.
1: Yeah. Satisfied is a good word.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So... So yeah, I was, uh, I forget where the question was going with this, but, um, oh yeah, so that's when I started to believe in God. I didn't know who, didn't know personally, I knew it was a God that was interested in me, I was monotheistic, didn't have any more specifics, a couple years later is when I met Jesus.
1: Okay. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I was about three years sober when it was- about that? Yeah, specifically shown to me that- Not only, you know, is it the God of the Bible, but that Jesus um, made a way for me to go to heaven and have my sins forgiven. Yeah. I know.
1: That is intense, man. Yeah. I like that.
0: Okay. So. Yeah. Next group. uh, Who else does not count as the poor people that we need to help? Okay. That a lot of people might think we should help.
1: There's one, I think, really clear group that the Bible gives us. This is old and new Testament, both. Yeah. I, I th- I'm i sure you got first, got right first Timothy in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people who refuse, who are capable and refuse to work.
0: Okay. So Zach is referring to second Thessalonians three ten. 10. Uh, Paul said for, even when we were with you, this, we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. So, uh, we cannot provide for the lazy and the indifferent. And we're talking about the people who can provide for themselves, but choose not to the folks that yeah. just would rather live off of others.
1: In Darren's new book, he, he uh, he was reading an article mm-hmm. and there's, so you have atheists, you're, um, theists mm-hmm. and agnostics. Mm-hmm. They they wanted to put another group in there okay. called the, apatheist okay (laughs) which is just like
0: apathetic yeah and okay
1: like don't know don't Don't even don't care like literally just couldn't yeah no the bible was pretty clear yes and and that's paul Mm -hmm. grace and charity abound oh yeah yes the same guy right searching for every sinner who will commit themselves to jesus Mm -hmm. um take care of the widows and the poor and yeah it's on the list but he says look if you have capable people, yeah, who simply refuse, yeah, to hold a job, mm-hmm. he doesn't give you really any. Uh, he says lazy, mm-hmm. but I, there's not a lot of other reasons there. Well, I just don't like it.
0: Yeah, I, that's fine. I, sure, it, it, it but comes, you can't.
1: You, you end. You're up You're
0: refusing to do what you can do. Yes. Hey, give me one second. Your camera froze okay you're back on okay so, so
1: we, yeah I was, I was talking about uh, apathyism, right yeah. where you're just like eh, eh, don't care i don't
0: care uh-huh. so like
1: yeah uh i don't need to work somebody else will buy me some food yeah now so there's a difference between being in between jobs mm-hmm. right and not working at all mm-hmm. there's a difference between being laid off and yeah. trying to find something and yeah. we I, I think if we if we dealt with things on a case-by-case basis, we would all agree with that.
0: I I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah. But to just simply say, like, look, I'm just not going to – I just don't like it.
0: Okay, so I'm going to give you one. And I brought this up before, and I want to I, I bring this up mostly to make people aware of this. Because I don't think a lot of Christians understand this. <clears throat> there is a level of this going on in Christianity all over the place. And that is not wanting to work anymore.
1: Not wanting to work anymore?
0: Yeah. Like retirement? No, no, no. no. I mean, get a second job.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Try yeah. to
0: push myself to maybe get more education or more training sure, to get a sure, promotion sure. or a sure. better job. And and I see this all the time. And this is one of my biggest complaints when we're talking about the welfare state and the government being involved. And I have... Um, friends of mine that are in this situation, um, the guy and the girl, they both love Jesus. They go to church, boyfriend and girlfriend, they get pregnant, they have a kid and they decide they're not going to get married because the girl as a single mom is able to get a ton of assistance for her and the kid. Mm. Which helps the couple out because all of a sudden we got all this money for groceries and we got, you know, we can uh, get government subsidies to help the kid with clothing and schooling and all these things. And then they decide, okay, well, you know, we should really buy a house. So uh, we're going to find a house. And they they both work. But keep in mind, a single mom with kids is always going to be eligible for some level of assistance. Real quick, Zach. Oh. Did I tell you how much money my wife and I are allowed to make and still get a $1,500 check for food stamps from the government every month? No. So I think everyone here knows that we are a married family of eight. Yes. So we have six kids, my wife and I, and we're a single income family. Okay. My wife stays home and homeschools. The government says because there's eight of you, you are allowed to make up to this amount of money and we still consider you poor enough where we will give you $1,500 a month in food stamps, guess what that number is? Guess it, how much it, money we can make and claim on our taxes before they cut off our $1,500 in food stamps. $1,500 now,
1: of food stamps month, per month. Per month. Now,
0: Ooh. really quickly, I am not on food stamps. I understand. Okay. Sure, I want to make sure everyone understands that. We can get this. We do not get it. Okay, and don't get me wrong. I don't care what family you are. Fifteen hundred dollars in groceries would be wonderful.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Oh guess boy, are you how, kidding? Guess how much okay. money the a government family says
0: family of eight. Yep, we can make, and per, we're still considered month. poor enough. No, for the year. For the year, because you're doing it okay. by taxes. Okay, sure. So for the year to be considered poor
1: enough to where I can still get the food stamps. Well, obviously, I'm going to be astonished. But let's let's pick a number. Yeah. How about a family of eight? Let's say. Sixty thousand dollars. Ninety thousand dollars. Ninety
0: thousand dollars. Ninety thousand dollars. You want to know why America is bankrupt? Because people making ninety thousand dollars a year can still get eighteen thousand dollars in food stamps.
1: I was going to say eighteen thousand dollars is like that. That's how I get paid for my part-time job. It's <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I'm like, wait a minute. I could double that value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure.
0: It is insane. So the young couple who is boyfriend and girlfriend, they are not married. Um, They know God says you're supposed to get married. I, as a pastor, have talked to them and said, why aren't you guys married? And they said, because we would lose our government assistance. So the wife applies for a loan. Uh, By this time, they have several kids. Um, So it's the, quote, single mom.
1: Well, but he's living in the house. It's just his. Of course, apartment. he's living in the house. Yeah, his address is. His
0: address is at his mom and dad's okay, house. Yep. All it has to be is on his license. Sure. And then he gets his mail there. Yep. He can even own the house because he co signed for her. So his name, he legally owns the house with her, lives there, <laughs> mom and dad. Everything looks the same as every other married couple, but they're not married. And the kids. They'll get the food stamps, they'll get the clothing, they'll get the help with school, they'll get help with college. They get help with everything. And the government being involved. And keep in mind, I mean, millions of people across America know these tricks and are taking advantage of the system. And it is encouraging christians to not obey god do you know how hard it is to get christians to obey god without the government telling them we'll give you money
1: to disobey god do you, know that? An idea, you yeah, have an idea yeah I, I got an idea yeah, yeah you try very hard
0: to teach your christians
1: in your church to obey god and it's not an easy job no it's not an easy job and my guys are great too yeah. i mean they're awesome and it's and it, and it still though um no that's that's pretty astonishing fifteen hundred dollars
0: that's for us now sure, sure, you know, sure. a family of four right because you adjust on the, all the yeah. numbers sure but still it's still a lot of money and you and here's the point if you're making ninety thousand dollars a year with a family of eight can we agree that you were in the top five percent of earners in the world probably yeah oh i Almost assuredly, probably in the top two percent. I've done the math before. I didn't do it recently. Even in America, I mean, it's unbelievable. You, ninety thousand dollars. You, how many people do you know that have a job where they where one one person pulls in ninety thousand dollars?
1: Not a lot. That's a phenomenal job. Yeah,
0: it's a good job, especially around here. So anyway, um, so who is the poor? Okay, so let me give you my idea and then you jump in and you tell me what you think. So here's my idea. When the Bible is talking about helping the poor, someone who needs assistance in order to be able to take care of themselves... Someone who can provide some of their own needs, but is incapable of providing for all of them.
1: For all of them. Okay, so that one that is really interesting, because I know there's one group of people that I really want to talk about, at least for a little bit. Uh-huh. We can wait, I think, because you got more notes there. I'm yeah. with you so far, though.
0: So the idea, and and we're going to get into what the Bible says as, as far as, you know, the, the two specific groups that it brings up in several places in the New Testament. But the idea of the poor is, um, we are supposed to help someone to be able to help themselves. That's, that's the goal. The goal of public assistance is to get everybody off of it, not continue to get more people on it. So when someone falls down and they get hurt and they have a need, we're there to help them. And then hopefully they can get back Un- on it.
1: Unemployment until you get your next job.
0: You got it. That kind of thing. And in the same way, um, there are some people that maybe, um, and we've talked about widows. Okay, where the sole breadwinner maybe dies, and now all of a sudden they're able to provide some, but they're not. They are struggling, and that's who we're there to provide for. We are not there to enable people who want to live in their own addiction. We're not there to to. Uh, enable the lazy to continue to do so we are there to help some people who will always need help and other people who hopefully will need a small amount of help for a small amount of time or maybe total help for a small amount of time Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the goal is not to keep adding people keep throwing people into the cart that we pull up the hill indefinitely now i want to make this quick point just to move it on down the road. This does not include the permanently disabled people with physical or mental handicaps who are incapable of providing for themselves. This group is separate and needs to be dealt with differently. And we can address that. Later. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause those are the guys I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah. And we're going to get there yeah. and please make sure that we circle back around to that. I so feel- what do you think of that as far as pe- the poor?
1: Uh, the, the point that I'd, I'm gonna to have to think about a little bit is that the idea of public assistance is to get people off of it. The, that's the goal ob- that's is obviously hopefully the case.
0: Yeah, is hopefully they don't need it forever. Because if we only use public assistance for the people that have an accident, have a catastrophe, they need the help, they're on it for a while, and then they get back on their feet and they're off of it, that's the perfect use of it. But with that being said, you and I both know there are uh, widows, and we'll use widows because it's a biblically mandated yes, yes. person to take mm-hmm. care of. And even then, there are qualifications. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mm-hmm. just say every widow. Okay, if the widow is, you know, 25 years old and healthy, sure, it's like, sure. well. You You've
1: know, got some other chances. Yeah, you ha- you
0: can get married still. Sure, you're you're sure, capable sure. of working. Okay, but... For the widow that is, you know, older and is not able to, you know, get back to work and she's already put in her time, she's had kids, maybe grandkids, and it's like th- this lady is not going to be able to work a nine-to-five job anymore. Right. So, <clears throat> but the goal is, when we're helping the poor, is to make sure they have the basic provisions and make sure anyone that falls down and needs the help can get lifted back up and then there are going to be some people that are going to need it you know all the time indefinitely to some degree and then the last group that we talked about which is the physically and mentally handicapped who need total care all the time um i think everyone agrees that it is our job as a society to take care of those people and to take care of them totally no i don't I think anyone would disagree actually it's not true you go to a lot of countries other countries oh
1: hey yeah <laughs> that is for sure so
0: one thing that we're going to get into when we get into and this is actually a good segue for the problem with relying on the government for these things is that in some countries they literally exterminate these people
1: i would not doubt it at all yeah um
0: i can bring you to the articles yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. it's not widely publicized in those countries. Sure, but there sure. are lots of countries where they're like, well, I know how to take care of the you know homeless uh, yeah, and poverty stricken populations I, I could, in I our inner cities. You. Yeah,
1: I could tell you some Kenyan stories, yeah. but yeah, that's yeah. maybe for another day. Yeah, yeah. so give, give me a little bit about the government here, okay, Matt, Because so this is your this is your world, yeah, man.
0: So this is this is Patrick's big problem. Yeah, my big problem is that. When the, when the Christian has a job to do, and we turn that over to the government, it's going to be a mess. It's not being done the way God wants, and the Christian that can be doing the helping is missing out on a blessing and learning things that God wants us to learn, and then not doing it God's way is always going to be suboptimal. It's not going to work out nearly as well as if we did it God's way. Okay, so number one. Well, let me go through. I got a list. If When I stick to my notes, I find it goes smoother. Yeah, yeah. You know, Re- it really Read the, does. Read okay, the list, okay, and then go. I'll jump in. Number one, the government. They are currently failing everywhere. <laughs> That's it. That's number one. What do you think?
1: Uh, oh, you want me to jump in after, yeah, I mean, yeah, after that,
0: each one? Do you see? Can you make a case otherwise?
1: Well, I... The only reason I can't
2: mm-hmm.
1: is probably because I just don't. This is where I become an apath, not an apatheist, mm-hmm. an apogovernmentalist. Uh-huh. I, I literally just don't even care enough to yeah, check and
0: see to look into. Okay, so let me ask you this: in our valley. Is the government cleaning up the homeless population? Are they being taken care of?
1: I mean, I know that it, do, do the police officers count? I mean, like there's, <laughs> put, there's people who are doing work. Yeah. But like when I have a guy that I'm talking to, mm-hmm. I send them to Catholic outreach.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's downtown. Yep. They get lunch. Mm-hmm. If you're sober, they can get you a place to stay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's, I mean, that that's all run under the Catholic church. Sure. So I don't send people other places.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you know of, do you know of a phone number or a location where the government is in charge, where you can send people and they're just going to get the help they need? That's my question for you.
1: Does, is Homeward bound? Do you know if Homer bound is that that's private private run? Or, I would have but, to look into yeah, it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Even then,
0: Homeward bound, what are the problems with homeward bound? Number one, it's always full. Yes. Okay, so, you know, if we're looking to help the people, we have to help the number of people in the population. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. just say,
1: "Well, we put up one building and there's twenty beds there." And uh, that <laughs> there, there's two phone numbers I call, mm-hmm. right? And and this again, this is just Zach in one little place in one little downtown area, yep. right? There's two phone numbers I call.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I call Catholic Outreach. Yep. I call non-emergency dispatch, mm-hmm. and I talk to the police, and they come and handle stuff for us. Yep. If we like, say, have a mm-hmm. break in, and and what Zach in the means building, when he
0: says. Handle stuff is he means they take him out to the alley and they beat the sense out of
1: him. Oh, is okay, that to yeah?
0: Get him, to get him off the church property.
1: Um, <laughs> we I have called <coughs> I, I have called police in the winter time, sure, and said, Here's what I got. Mm-hmm. He's in the carport. Mm-hmm. This guy is not going to make it, sure, unless somebody comes and picks him up. He's going to freeze in the next diet. hour. Yeah, I call the police. Yeah, so that's as far as the question goes Mm -hmm. that that's what i can tell you you this you don't have
0: glowing reviews of the government
1: which is what i find everywhere um it's not you think it's not you personally yeah i interact as little as possible my point was
0: you didn't say oh patrick You don't know about this magical phone number that we call and bada bing. Three months later, these guys are off the street and they're employed and they're healthy and they got all their shots and, you know, they're off to the races. There's nothing even close to that. Okay, so that's my number one. Okay, number two. You ready for this? Problems with relying on the government. Problem number two, only a prosperous and compassionate government has a chance at success. Zach, is our
1: government prosperous? I would have to. Well, I, I suppose it depends on your definition. I know that they got an awful lot of money that shows up, but I know they also owe an awful lot more.
0: Yes. So our government is a debtor nation. Oh, we, yeah. We gigantic money. And famously. And you got it. Okay. So we don't have the funds to help with this. Okay. What about compassionate? Is our government compassionate?
1: They'd like to tell you they are.
0: They will tell right. you they are right. at least every November.
1: So, so here's the weird thing about compassion, right? Cause mm-hmm. this goes back to the thing from before. If it's better, if it's easier mm-hmm. for a person to stay on assistance yeah. when they don't need it anymore. Is
0: that compassion?
1: Is that compassion or not?
0: Okay. So do you know why are you, do you like, um, national parks I mean, when you when you get a chance, would you like I mean, to go I'm to a on the national money, park? And, I,
1: I, you know, I'd love to do Yellowstone.
0: Yeah, I've never been to Yellowstone. Yeah, I've, I've heard been to Yosemite. Awesome. Okay, and, and that yeah. one's
1: breathtaking. Yeah.
0: If I'm going to go to another state and I have a chance to visit a national park, they're usually kind of one of those things on the list where they're nice attractions. Most yeah. people like going to them. Have you ever been to one that has a significant wildlife? population bears or deer or elk or you know mm, in no, yellowstone uh, not really it.
1: not yeah yellowstone in
0: yosemite do. it's the same bears out the wazoo yeah have you ever seen a sign that says don't feed the bears yes what is the theory behind that sign zach
1: well, if you feed the bears, they keep on showing up and then they start eating your kids. <laughs> you know, I guess that so if you Or feed, they'll stop eating okay, on so, their own, like they won't hunt. So, they the, won't.
0: so you're saying they'll become dependent on the free food that's provided to them. That's what I'm told. By the tourists. That's what I'm told. Okay, so that's the idea <laughs> in every state and national park everywhere is if you just hand it over. And what was it that your friend said?
1: But as long as you continue to give them things for free, Mm -hmm. they won't change.
0: Yeah. There's no need to. What's the incentive? Right? Mm -hmm. So that is one of the big issues as far as the government being involved. I don't look at that as compassion. I look at that as holding people back. And I'm going to go get into this a little deeper in a second. Now, here is... Okay, so you know what? Let's go with this one. Zach, when a group of people tries to help the poor, what does the government do? Let me give you a hypothetical. Yeah. Okay, because I know my questions are not very good. They're too broad, and I'm looking for an answer, and I'm not helping you find it. Okay. (laughs) Let's say that there's a charity that's helping poor people, okay? And they decide they want to put on some type of function to raise money to help these poor people. And in this case, they decide to have a raffle. Like a
1: golf tournament, maybe. Sure. Sure. With a raffle. With a
0: raffle, and they're going to sell tickets to raise money. Sure. What's the government's response
1: to that? So it's actually illegal (laughs) to do that. Uh Uh-huh. So what you need to do is go through a certain process Uh with your state government. With
0: your state government.
1: Pay them a few shekels. You got
0: to pay them some money Uh to be allowed to do what they said is illegal without their permission. Yes. Which is raising money for poor people. Yes, so the government, now, when you're trying to, when a private organization is trying to raise money to help poor people, the government, is it fair to say the government says we need a cut?
1: It's a small one. It was for us at least, but yeah, I mean, it, you can't do it unless we tell you you can do it. And there's always a fee. And then there's a, there's a certain. There are parameters. There's parameters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. Zach,
0: not even the mob has the stones to look you in the eye and say that when you're trying oh, to raise money for poor. government the is
1: very brave. Yeah.
0: It's yes. unbelievable.
1: That, that we could agree on.
0: They want their cut. Zach, have you ever heard of uh, bake sales getting shut down?
1: Uh, I haven't heard of a bake sale. Okay, so. I have heard of, le- like, kids stands? doing lemonade stands. Yes. Sure.
0: And who shuts them down?
1: Well, I, I think that one was the local government, but sure. because of some ordinance somewhere or another. So, uh,
0: the umbrella term we could use is the state. Sure. Okay, which represents the government on the federal, state, yeah. county, local county, levels. Yep. Uh, bake sales being shut down because the food was not made in a stainless steel county health department approved kitchen. Sure. Right. Even though every old lady's house I've been to my entire life gives me a brownie and I eat it, I dare.
1: If the if the same grandmas would have made the same guys lunch, they'd have eaten it. it. Yes, yeah. While they were while they were shutting down the bake sale, yeah, of course. But we
0: can't sell those brownies because they weren't done the way that we say, and we have to inspect it, and you got to pay a fee. So my problem is that the government gets in the way; they make it difficult. Um, They charge you money. And they make the process difficult when the individual tries to help somebody else. Now, question number three, problems with relying on the government. Did Jesus ever say that the government needs to be involved? In anything or just? In charitable work.
1: uh, Not that I recall. Do you know why? So, I could, I could think of a couple of things. One would be that, uh, obviously, the structure, the governing structure that God set up and gave to Israel
2: mm-hmm.
1: is substantially different than everything else that's ever been set up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, there, so there's that. But, um, I mean, did Jesus with,
0: ever implore the Roman government to help with the poor that he was talking about? On the Sermon on the Mount, did he... Was there a provision for the government to get involved? Nope. <laughs> okay. the reason, Now
1: he'll pay taxes
2: <laughs> yeah
0: right
1: like he does the sure. shirt sure. absolutely and, okay. right. but
0: as far as the government, did Jesus call the Roman government to help the poor that he was talking about on the Sermon on the Mount? He did not. He did not. okay. and the reason why is that governments are not individually responsible individuals are. So if you think about it, is the, cur- is the current government in Venezuela or North Korea or China going to be compassionate <laughs> and support? What are you laughing at, Zach? This is a serious question. No,
1: I understand. I just, it's an interesting group of, uh, of countries there.
0: Is the government in Venezuela, North Korea, or China going to be compassionate or supportive of the poor?
1: <laughs> I'm going to go with...
0: This is just a gut answer. Yeah I, yeah, I know you haven't done any polling. Anything oh, yeah, official? Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I understand. I understand. It's hard to it's hard to see. The North Korea is the one of those that I know the most about. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard to envision North Korea's government being compassionate
2: mm-hmm.
1: about the guy's not compassionate to his own brothers. Oh yeah, but, yeah.
0: So. I feel like you're leaning towards no. Yeah. Okay. So there are many countries.
1: Unless in, there's a, a benefit somehow. Sure.
0: But that, then it wouldn't be compassion. Right? Compassion is it's, without thought of return. Sure,
1: yeah, yeah. You're playing some kind of game. So there
0: are many countries where the governments will either turn a blind eye to or be directly involved with uh, some form of social cleansing. Which is literally the extermination of one type of group or another. And in many cases it is the poor, the elderly, different things like this, because it's a drain sure. on the society. That is my big concern every any time the government gets involved. Because they're gonna look at the balance sheet and they're gonna say, Well, if this group and that group wasn't being supported by us, it'd be a lot easier, you know, for yeah. us to So what can stay we do about black. that? You got it.
1: Yeah, sure. Now
0: These might be considered extreme examples by some, but my point is simply this. Some folks are relying on the United States government to help the poor simply because of the state we are in. But can we all agree that if a different form of government was in charge, we would consider the idea laughable? If we lived in Venezuela or North Korea, would we consider the idea laughable?
1: The, of the government taking care of the
0: being compassionate and supportive oh, yeah, of the
1: yeah poor. sure 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 sure
0: absolutely yeah okay yeah. there are countries all over the world where the government could care less if the poor die in the street unless you get votes sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. until yeah but if October, there's no votes November, to be there's yeah. no
1: votes to be had what's the point
0: <laughs> okay so let us get into Okay, let me just move down the line here. Um, the argument for public assistance from the government is that the public has not adequately provided for the poor, and therefore the government must step in to do it. Okay, that was the, the argument that came up um, back in the early 1900s. Now, I personally believe that is not the reason that the government started public assistance. They did it to consolidate power and control society. But that is for another day. Sure. Um,
1: <clears throat> I do think they probably had a little bit of ground to stand on there, though, as far as individual people not pitching in enough mm-hmm. to deal with the problems.
0: So, and that's going to bring up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that down. Okay. Because we want to come back to that and we want to ask the question, is that the idea that it is left up to individuals and that system is not perfect, is that reason enough to abandon that system Mm. and go with turning it over to the government? And I would say no, because what we've seen is the government since 1913, 1935, you know, 1965, uh, you know, some of these uh, dates and years of different presidential uh, candidates or not candidates, but different presidents and their. um, Oh, what's the
1: word? Like Uh, legislation that was put in place.
0: um, We've seen that they failed by every measurable standard. So. Government welfare in the United States today is intended as a means to provide financial assistance to those in need, protect children and elderly, compensate for unemployment, and combat poverty. Welfare programs, first instituted by FDR in 1935 and then later expanded by LBJ in 1965, have done nothing more than enslave millions of Americans to financial bondage, perpetuate generational poverty, promote entitlement, expectation, and lack of accountability and essentially destroy the nuclear family unit. Now, I know that's strong language, okay? but I do stand by it.
1: Sounds like Patrick Hayes wrote it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, is the government succeeding at taking care of the poor? I would say not by a long shot. Since the government has taken over public assistance, it has failed by every measurable standard. Additionally, fraud is rampant why is fraud rampant
1: people like money
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm gonna say because of the difference between the way god set it up and the way the government does it today and that is that the u.s government practices a third party form of assistance now what i'm gonna say is that in the bible over and over and over again God commands us to take care of the poor, to take care of the widows and the orphans, to be charitable, to be benevolent,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, to be generous. All of these things are clearly taught in the Bible. Neither of us would argue that. Okay. Correct. Now, the difference is that Jesus did not go around with threat of imprisonment, <laughs> taking people's money. And then doling it out to other people for his benefit. Sure. That's exactly what the government does. It's ver- there's a difference between taxes and charity, and a massive difference. Okay, so let me give you the idea. Let's say I wanted to buy your wife a birthday present. Okay? Okay, yeah. So I could go to Jessica and I could say, hey, your birthday's coming up. What do you want? Joanna and I wanted to get you right. something.
1: Because Ice she, cream. Yeah, okay, whatever she says. Okay, <laughs> yeah.
0: great. We're going to go get it. Here you go. Uh-huh. Jessica gets just what she wants. She's happy. Right. Okay, number two, I ask you what I should get her.
1: Right, sure.
0: Is that going to be as accurate? Is it going to be as helpful to Jessica? Is it going to satisfy her need or want as well as if I just asked her?
1: I'd like to think so. But really, how many husbands no. have fought she, this? Well, right, 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 right yeah. Oh, I know uh, what my wife wants. Uh, and, of course, it won't. And, like, usually she likes this kind of ice cream, yep. but then that day she's feeling a little bit different. And it. she wants something else. And I don't know. And sure, sure. So
0: then I have a third way of doing it. And that is I ask someone who doesn't know her sure, what I should get her.
1: And they've got a list that says, okay, okay. This is the birthday present list. You got and this it. Is women what's of been, this
0: age yep. and this demographic, typically like
1: this. And, and, yep. and so they send her the perfume the yep. and just goes, I'm allergic to this. Yeah. And, and
0: throws it out. Hopeless. And it's totally. Okay. Right. So that is first, second, and third party birthday present purchasing and giving. Now, in the same way, when we're talking about charity, you see a need and you fulfill that need, whether it's through money or whether it's through a service, you know, someone that needs it and you fulfill that need. You, yep. ha- you just accomplished what Jesus was talking about. Yes. Then you have second party fulfillment, which is I'm going to give to my church, to a charity, to another individual to fill a need. Mm hmm. And then you have third party. The government takes my money and says they have fulfilled the need.
1: <laughs> and <then> says <laughs> So carefully worded. <laughs> the government now, takes my money and says they've fulfilled the need. Yeah. Okay,
0: the yeah. problem is with the third one is that number one, there's a bureaucracy that takes a large percentage of the money that we. And
1: a lot of time.
0: You got it. Oh, yeah. It's slow and it's big, um, there's no accountability from me or anyone else who had their money taken. We don't know if our money was used correctly by the government. And I don't
1: I don't get a line item, you know, no. the year after <laughs> this, like, all right, Zach, here's your taxes Here you and go. here's what we did with them.
0: Um, <clears throat> and a lot of charities will do those things because they want to promote transparency mm-hmm. because they know that those that give to their charity appreciate that. And feel like their money was used wisely. Yes. So that's why we show them what it did. This is the name of the person, and here's a picture, and look at that. They have their books for their next
1: year's whatever. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> yep, absolutely.
0: Uh, furthermore, we don't know who received the money when the government gets it, or if anyone who needed it actually received it.
1: I got an address. Yeah. <laughs> 1600 oh, Pennsylvania Yeah. Avenue. Yeah, 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 sure, sure.
0: So... <clears throat> that is the problem when you're dealing with what jesus said which is charity you do it yourself or you give it to the charity or church Mm -hmm. versus third party which is what the government does the government collects money from all over the country the government doesn't know any individuals or what they're going through or or what they need and then oftentimes it is late it is insufficient. It is ineffective. There's all the all of these problems with it as opposed to first party. Okay. If the government is going to put any effort into helping the poor, they should. This is my beliefs. Number one, stay out of the way of people and groups who are working to solve the problem. Lose the regulations. Stop charging us when we try to help others. Yeah, sure. Number two, incentivize people in groups who are working to solve the problem, they can do that through massive tax breaks, okay? If we're not being generous enough, give us a even more massive tax break. Make it so financially beneficial to us that we would be insane not to be helping people. Yeah, but, to but give you, your
1: money to people who needed it.
0: But you know, the problem that you run into is they only recognize... Certain amounts of given, giving, given to certain types of groups, and none of it is first party.
1: I ran into that a little bit um, because of... How should I say this? Because of some of the way that my life was structured mm-hmm. for a little while there, a very large percentage mm-hmm. of my income mm-hmm. too large apparently <laughs>
0: yeah for the government to feel comfortable.
1: Was, was yeah ended up going into places that between tithing mm-hmm. and christian challenge yeah. and kenya yeah. and you, you buy a couple of plane tickets yep. you you get it was a large percentage mm-hmm. there and for a little while it was
0: too large
1: well i i got a i got a letter that was like you do realize That Mm -hmm. when we're looking over your numbers, Mm -hmm. you've given away too much money. Yeah. And I was like, no, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I did not realize that. Sure. I didn't know that (laughs) could be a problem. I didn't know that was. Because I'm not a moron. Yeah. But you have to, I, I know people that have to be careful about that.
0: Do you know that every year I don't claim my charitable giving?
1: Once you go over a certain percentage.
0: What you find out is when you're dealing with your taxes, that is one of, say, the top three red flags that can cause you massive headaches. Okay, my next-door neighbors, right there. Yes. Friends of ours. Yes. Have been dealing with attorneys and the IRS for two years now. Guess what they're trying to prove to the IRS? Not. They're trying to prove to the IRS that they have children. Hey, yeah, the IRS somewhere got the idea that your children are not real and therefore all of these deductions are fake and you US owe us a bunch of money. It's been going on for over two years. <laughs> <laughs> I Wow. How hard do you think that would be to prove that you have children? Well, when you're trying to prove it to the federal government and the tax man, it takes over two years and thousands of dollars in attorney's fees.
1: How long would it take I, you to I'm, prove I'm to of, me I'm that you of have kids? I'm dumbfounded. Yeah, like, you I, should I, be. I'm thinking, like I'm counting the different ways to... Yeah.
0: <laughs> Zach, it's been yeah, going yeah. on for years
1: oh yeah sure
0: if if Uh, you needed if i had to prove to you that i had kids i would just invite you over to my house here's that take my kids and go question them
1: and that's one of those things that there is a little bit of an underlying um there's an underlying idea that kind of goes through the whole thing i I think you're probably going to use this to sort of help tie things together but there's there used to be really easy ways to do things, yeah, they're not nearly as easy anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Takes a bunch of steps and a bunch of time, mm-hmm. and there used to be a level of trust, understanding, responsibility, honor, maybe. Or like when I when I think about the poor, uh, the federal government thinks about the poor in in all encompassing terms. When you have that, when you're working with those numbers, how could you not?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Here's the United States. Here's the line that we draw. Mm-hmm. If you're above this, you're not poor. If you're if you're below this, you're poor. Done. You draw the line. That's here's it. how many people are poor.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So what are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. Collect a bunch of money from other people, write a check so that each one gets an equal amount, and start shipping them out.
2: Yep. There you go.
1: I mean, what what else could you do? Mm-hmm. But in real life when people are actually living beside each other and together, and I've got a guy that's around the church that, and I know his story Mm -hmm. and I know what's going on. We can help that guy Mm -hmm. and make a difference in his life, in his poverty and move on. Yeah. But yeah, like to, to maybe part of it's like, surely people are taking advantage of the government as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If, you, if you've if you got a way where you've figured out loopholes or whatever else and you've proven to them satisfactorily at least that you've got six kids, so you get X amount of money for the food stamps, but really you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, honor, respect, just do things right. Mm-hmm instead of cheating and stealing and swindling and but that's that's a basic human heart problem that
0: do you know that it's a lot harder to cheat and lie and swindle and have fraud when it's all first person
1: oh sure
0: charity sure because now i have to convince you yes not fill out a form and mail it in somewhere i have to convince you yes not a, not a massive bureauc- bureaucracy that has way too much to do already and can't keep track of everything. The
1: paperwork just gets yep. higher every day.
0: No, I have to convince you that the dollars in your pocket would be better served in my pocket.
1: Yep. And so when I give them to you, mm-hmm. and then 30 minutes later, I see you walking out of the liquor store with it. the bottles yeah. rather than the McDonald's.
0: I am not, not going to be able to get money out of you again.
1: Right. But when you ship everything off and you get a check and you got a place to go pick it up, Mm -hmm. the guy who sent the money doesn't know who you are. The government doesn't know who you are. I mean, they got your name and your card or whatever, and your
0: address and social security number. They
1: they have no idea what you're spending it on and you get away with it. Yeah. Until you don't. Yeah.
0: But yeah, no, you're right. So can you show me one place in the Bible where God tells the poor to get their assistance from the government?
1: Um, you'd have to do some really fancy footwork to try to work it out, to try to work it out. See, cause like the, the, the priesthood isn't a government. No, it's not. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. And there's...
0: Israel in the old Testament prior to the Kings was a theocracy, which was different. And yes. You want to yes. know what happened? Um, that whole idea of the priesthood getting their supply do you know what happened when kings showed up there were bad kings that refused to give the priests their due and they were starving to death and got i mean yes when the government got involved it was it was a mess sure so th- the point i'm trying to make is that christians need to be able to differentiate between charity and taxation and government assistance, yeah, those are not the same thing. Um, the government government welfare is not Christian charity. Jesus never asked the Romans for help with the poor. Neither did Paul or the twelve apostles. The idea is laughable. So then, let me ask you this: Who does God command to take care of the poor? People. I mean, the the church. Individuals. Yeah. The church church? and individuals are the two places that we find it in the Bible. So where do we find help when we need it? So take any individual family who is going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. List for me the places that they are supposed to get their help from. Family. Family. Friends. Friends. So that's community. Community. Friends and coworkers, neighbors. Church. Church. Yeah. And you know what I say after that? That's it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the, That's the list that's given. Do you want to know something, Zach? Do you know that
0: this type of charity promotes morality? Because if you are an immoral, dirty, lying, cheating, SOB, guess what? When you need help
1: and you go to the church,
0: yeah, it's not there. Okay, the, your family doesn't want to help you. Your community doesn't want to help you. Your church knows who you. Everyone's like,
1: no. Yeah. And the the that one's really interesting at the church because when people come to us looking for, um, looking for help, yeah, they meet imme- all of them are Christians immediately. Oh,
0: I know that, everyone that shows up e-
1: every single time. <laughs> uh, all of them. Yep, with Devout. M- with no exception.
0: Okay, so now I'm going to give you another idea. So you know that I am a strong advocate of church membership. Yes. This is one of the reasons why. So the Bible says to visit the fatherless and the widows and their infliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So you're supposed to help the fatherless, you're Mm -hmm, supposed to mm -hmm. help the widows. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Because this is where I think some people struggle. Are you, Zach, responsible for helping every widow?
1: I sure hope not. (laughs) (laughs) My wife is going to become one real quick. Yeah, no, I sure hope not. So the idea is... Where
0: do we start? Well, I start with the widows in my locale. The my, people
1: that you know. You got it. So Absolutely.
0: am I responsible to help the widows in my church? Yes. 100%. Okay, so I cannot be expected by God to help every widow in the world. I don't even know who they are. There's no way there will right. ever be an accountability you know, a way to account,
1: but the church is supposed to be everywhere. So absolutely. Yes. So in your local,
0: you got it everywhere. And this is another thing that people don't seem to get the government being involved in this again, dissuades people from being a part of a local church and living an honest, moral life. Because when there is a widow who is a moral person who everybody loves Or forget that. When there's a family who everybody loves because they're a good Christian and they're part of that church, when they fall on hard times, people are tripping over themselves to help those people. Yes. That is what I see in every church I've been involved in. Yes. Where we feel less comfortable is when it moves into that second party charity where it's like, I don't know you. Mm Mm-hmm so now we have an issue and i always so you got to remember your church and my church are very different your church is probably on the internet and in a phone book okay you have you have a sign in a building yes we rent part of your building yes okay (laughs) yeah so we're not at the point yet but i've been involved and i've been on staff with churches where literally every day someone is calling asking for assistance And it's always a stranger and they always have a story. And you've heard it so many times that it's easy to get callous. Yes. But I cannot give everywhere there's need. No. There's no way I could keep up.
1: No. Patrick can't. The church can.
0: So if people were all part of a local church and they were members then it would be easy for to have accountability and say, look, this is the group we're helping. The town over there, there's churches there. Yep. And they're helping those people. Yes. Okay, so, <clears throat> and I'm not saying that my church only helps members of my church. You know that's not true. Of course. Okay. Of course, We right. help lots of people. We help people around the world. Yes. We've written checks to help people all over the globe. But- I believe we are called by God to help those that are our members. We try to help those, you know, one step removed, maybe the families. And we.
1: Because there is that second level where you trust people. Correct. Right? Where it's like, if yes. you called me and you're like, look, yeah. here's the story, here's the deal, what can you do? Yep. And we go, yep, we're going to get you some cash and we're it. doing it today. And yeah.
0: But I am not required to help everybody in my town because then you get to a point where it's like well that first of all there's just not enough dollars in the coffers to do it
1: or time
0: yeah it's absolutely impossible so what here's another one i'll tell you i believe that government assistance dissuades people from tithing biblically
1: yeah take me down the road When we go, my money's already doing good work.
0: You got it. Yeah. yeah. When we go through the New Testament, after uh, let's talk about Book of Acts, the church. How often were they giving to the poor and to the widows? Pretty regularly. I mean, they were feeding people. Okay, do you remember the one time when one group rose up and had a problem and was complaining, they said that our widows are being neglected or denied in the daily administration. So the local church had a group. We don't know how big or small it was. Sure. But there was a number of people that they needed to help daily every day yes so that was a group that they were helping we don't know if it was totally or partially but we know it was regularly
1: yeah yeah could just be food yep maybe
0: it was so the idea is when the church is doing that all of a sudden there's a need and people need to give biblically Otherwise, <clears throat> we're not going to be able to do that. And when the government's involved, everyone has the attitude of, "Oh, just get them on welfare."
1: Well, just or send you've them already I food stamps. Mean, X percentage I is give already so gone anyway.
0: Taxes—I don't, I can't afford to tithe. You ever hear that one?
1: I can't afford to tithe. Well, I mean, you give enough in taxes, and yeah. it, it feels that way oh, for it sure. Hurts. Oh I'm man. not saying
0: it doesn't hurt.
1: Oh man, yeah. But that's
0: one more thing that I see public assistance doing, is it is de-incentivizing Christians from giving to where they're supposed to. Okay, so now, let me me ask you this. How have we, or how can we, help the poor? And I understand the whole right hand and left hand knowing, so we're gonna lose our blessings by listing them online but what I what I wanted to do was I wanted to give people practical ideas of how Christians actually help people. Okay. So so I'm going to give you uh, a couple off yeah, of my, yeah. off of give my list. Give me a few
1: and then I'll jump in. So num- number one,
0: my wife and I, we tithe and we are we are militant.
2: Tithers. <laughs> you don't you don't say
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> You might call me a Shiite tither. Okay. <laughs> just yeah. a radical fundamentalist no, I think you with did, my tithing. You, you
1: did a podcast on that, didn't I you?
0: Did, I did. And and keep in mind, I'm the pastor of a church, you know, so I write checks. So our church has we have uh we've supported several things, but we have charities that we've supported mm-hmm. where it's really um third party well no no it's second party giving we don't know any of the people that it goes to but we trust the people that we're giving the money to right right our church keeps enough money in our bank account so that if someone in the church is struggling financially we can help yes we've had times when uh actually during the whole COVID thing a couple years ago, we had a couple who both got sick at the same time. They were very sick, you know, and, um, you know, we would write a check to cover their mortgage to try to help out, you know, in some way. Uh, We have had friends in the church and outside of the church who have had uh, an injury or an illness where all of a sudden not able to work for, you know, one guy broke both of his legs uh, and got COVID. And was like, oh, it was such a mess. And the the money, you know, they were fighting them on whether they were gonna pay him, you know, uh, and and help him. I mean, it was just such a mess. So again, wrote wrote a check to help that person out. Yep. Um, so that's what, what the church does. Okay. So the church is supposed to have some money to be able to try to help its members when they need it. Um other than tithing though. On an individual level. Um, So, you know, I have a construction company. Mm -hmm. I currently have a list, albeit a reasonably short one, of um, widows. I was friends with the husband and the wife. Yes. Um, You know, I had one fella who I was personally friends with. Uh, he ended up getting cancer. It was pretty bad. We knew you know he wasn't gonna make it. And I told him because I knew because they didn't make a lot of money. you know right. they didn't yeah. ha- they didn't have a lot of money to begin with. Um, but they would hire me from time to time to fix certain things that were over their head. And I told the husband, I said, look, when you die, I'm gonna take care of your wife whenever something breaks, she just calls me, I'll come do it. I ain't gonna charge her, yes. you know, and that's just what I'm gonna do, right. I just added another woman to that list just last month her husband died I know them both it was the same thing and I and I told them this ahead of time you yeah, know right right I have another friend who I told this to he's still doing fine but you know yeah, but yeah. I know it was a concern for him like you know what's my wife gonna do when I die because he does everything around the house so that's something that I've done personally. Where um, they need a plumber, they need something fixed. I go over there, I don't charge them a penny for my time, for the materials, nothing. It is pro bono work. Now, one thing that people don't seem to understand that charity, that pro bono work comes out of my abundance, it doesn't come out of my necessity. Okay, if I have to choose between feeding my kids and stopping a leak at a widow's house, well, I'm feeding my kids. Yeah. Okay, the only way it works is because I am able to make enough money, more money than I need, so that I'm able to donate some time and money to other people. And that's why it is so important that people, Christians especially, try to take care of their finances be smart with their money be able to have enough um, money coming in and keeping your expenses down to where you can save so that you because the fact is we cannot be charitable if we are paycheck to paycheck barely if you're one of bu- the guys
1: on the list yeah
0: then you know you can't Boy, do it. Tell
1: me about it. <laughs> you know, I mean,
0: you could be the widow who gives her last two mites, you know, but that's a pretty desperate situation. Yeah, the people that are going to be feeding that widow that gave her last two mites are all the people that are making enough money to where they have, you mm-hmm. know, some level of abundance, sure, sure. But that's something for me, it's really not. You know, mostly it's my time. It's really yeah, not a yeah. whole lot of money very often.
1: Well, but you already have some skills. Yes, that, that people need. Uh-huh. Um, we there. I do a lot of the same things. Church does a lot of the same things. Make a lot of meals. Yep. Right. We've got a benevolence fund. Um, got a lot of college kids. Yeah. Because of the every time t- we have moved.
0: Oh yeah. So many people. Yeah. You have a PhD in boxes. Oh man.
1: I mean, I that that's going to be my next career
0: yeah if i've Get got a box yeah. truck when
1: everything else falls apart yeah. it's like yeah
0: just just name it former pastor moving
1: yeah. i'm telling you <laughs>
0: everyone every, will be like oh that, guy's that good. guy that yeah. guy does
1: what he's doing <laughs> because ev all the time yep but look if you've got a situation mm-hmm. and you need to try to move mm-hmm. and you're paying a moving company and mm-hmm. all the stuff and and so I'm making the calls, I'm finding three trucks, I'm uh-huh. getting six college kids. And so we help people move constantly. When you have a skill, yeah, you have some time, uh, that's giving rides to people. Uh-huh. We had last week uh, a single lady at the church in her mid-60s, uh-huh. not in great health. Um, her brother lives in Albuquerque. hmm uh-huh fell suddenly with this weird like spinal thing like Mm. they and he's not in great health yeah they needed to do surgery Mm -hmm. weren't sure that he was gonna make it out wow um there's no direct flight like we were getting ready to buy a plane ticket to send her to albuquerque Mm -hmm. no direct flight we're She's in a situation where we're worried enough about her making a transfer, yeah that we didn't want to send her through. We had a woman in the church mm-hmm. drive her wow to Albuquerque, yeah, so she could see your brother yep. and then the surgery worked, and mm-hmm. things were okay. she's getting ready to come back, yeah, but sometimes you just gotta she did not have a way to do it, yeah, she didn't, yep. And so you figure out a way yeah. to do it, but if we the guy's in the hospital, sure. what are you gonna do? Wait for a you fill out some paperwork oh, and mail it, mail it to the and,
0: government and hope. And you know what's funny? The things that we're talking about, these aren't even the needs of eating and shelter.
1: Yeah, these I'll, most of this is yeah, over. <clears throat> these yeah.
0: are needs where you want people to be able to have some level of human dignity. Yeah. You know, where they can visit their loved one before they die, because that is something that humans should be able to do. Yes. And and what I found is a lot of Christian charity is helping things that are way above and beyond
1: the basics. The the next two other than food, mm-hmm. the next the next three things on the list at the benevolence at the church Mm -hmm. that we do sort of as a church. Yeah. Um, rent, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: right. Just like you were talking about with your stories. Yeah. Uh, medication. Mm -hmm. And that's one I actually know a little bit about. Sure. Because of some of Darren's stuff and some of my parents stuff, get the government involved in making sure you get your right medication on time. Yeah. Good luck. Oh yeah. Oh, you want to talk about a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, gas Mm -hmm. tires car repair yeah like we i could we have done a bunch of times guy's got a job Mm -hmm. he's holding it yeah he's putting himself together he's got food yeah but when the car breaks down like it's just too much and it could just throw
0: the whole thing apart so it's like look we want to try to
1: but for 600 (laughs) bucks we can get the car fixed and the guy is going back to work and
0: everything's back on track yep um you want to know one that <clears> – <throat> uh, so we've done rent before. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to – and keep in mind, I'm telling – this is not – I'm not talking about my church.
1: Yeah, this is Patrick. This is
0: Patrick and Joanna writing a check for a family that we knew husband got laid off. <clears throat> it was back in 2008. The economy was garbage, you know, and um, they were living paycheck to paycheck already because they have like 200 kids and, <laughs> you know, and um, – and it was one of those where, you know, we're like, look, because, and it was, and here's the thing, this family wasn't asking anyone for help. It was one of those, they showed up on Wednesday night, we got a prayer request, yep. because we're taking them, yes, and everyone's able to pray, and guess what, we're, you know, Joanna and I look at each other and we're like, we have, you know, yeah, they're yeah. so stressed out about their mortgage you know, right. Let's write them a check for this month. And I'm going to give everyone a tip. Okay. So this is something, practically speaking, <clears throat> a couple ways you can do this. Number one, you want to give them money, but you don't want them to know who it's coming from. You fill an envelope full of cash. Okay. And you fold that envelope in half and you open their gas on their car and you put the envelope in there and you close it and you just write on the envelope. We love you. The next time they go to get gas, they open it up. The envelope falls out. They have the money. So if you don't want, you know, so that's way. that's pretty funny. Yep. uh, We've done that. We've, you know, just uh, when they were doing something at church, we open their Bible, just throw the envelope right in the middle there. And you know, you got a, you got an envelope full of cash. Uh, You can do it uh, through the pastor if you want. Mm -hmm. If you don't, care if they're friends of yours and you want them to know we love you and sure sure um, sure then one thing i always tell people is i say it's got to be a gift it can't be alone
1: because i've been on both sides of that one
0: yeah and and every time um you know it you just have to say nope this is yours because we love you we are not lending you money we don't want it back if you want to pay us back what you can do is you can save up this amount of money, put it in an envelope, keep it in your safe, and one day God will tell you who to give that to.
1: Absolutely. But not us. And I cannot tell you how often that happens. Yeah, Where when you... I've been on the receiving end. Yeah, so Of, have ju- we. of just as much. So have we. Right. When
0: we started, when we were first married, and we had a couple kids, and we didn't have two nickels to rub together, I was on the receiving end. Right, of that. right. We, we twenty years ago, my life was very different.
1: And so you you feel like you owe something back. Yes. But that's so another one of those differences mm-hmm. between the, the entitlement and what we were talking about with the government assistance. Those guys do not feel like they owe anyone anything
0: back. They feel like they are owed more than they get. How come? Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. So, and it's because somebody told me exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. I I literally, I stood there and looked at the guy and I was like, I have absolutely no, I can't even think of an idea Mm -hmm. about what to do to even tell you how much I appreciate this. Sure. Like I literally can't even do anything. Yeah. And he says, yeah, I know. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's why we're doing this for you. Yeah. Right. But exactly the same thing. When you get your feet underneath you, Mm -hmm. you do the same thing for other people. Yeah. That's how it's going to work. Exactly. Yeah. And it, and it does, it does,
0: you know, it really does. Um, Another thing that we've done is, uh, education. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, I don't know how many uh, times we've paid the tuition for, you know, a kid to go through the private school, you know, out of church. Um, And this, again, this is not a necessity, but it was a family who works very hard to raise their kids. Right. They were concerned about the public school. They sacrificed to get their kid in the private school you know, they weren't making the money. Yep.
1: A couple things happened. You
0: got it. And we know them, we love their kids, you know, so we stepped up and paid the tuition, you know um, we've put peop- we've put kids all the way through, you know, all four years of the high school. Um, <clears throat> there's one young kid that comes to our church. He's 16 years old. Uh, the family he comes from is very poor. He doesn't have anything, you know, Anytime anything comes up that we hear about, you know, we're always, yep, yep. you know, for his birthday, um, he just sends us, um, his wish list on Amazon <laughs> you
2: know, because
0: we want to get him something. Yeah. Right. He has a church activity cause he visits other churches and they have a youth group thing and a camp out and where, you know, we sent him to prom. Yeah, yeah. You right. know, he wasn't going to go to prom, and he was all upset. And we, we we're like, "What's you know? Why are you so down the dumps?" Well, I, you know, I, prom's coming up, and I can't go. And you know, um, I look at my buddy who is also you know my age and looks out for this kid, and we're like, "How much is prom?" Yeah, you know, you know, he's like, "Well, I need like a hundred and twenty bucks," <laughs> you know. And me, <laughs> me, and this guy are like. Okay, well, we're gonna give you three hundred. So you know, yeah, get get what you need and get a limo for the night. Yeah, you know? yeah,
1: it's like, and get a date. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, like it's you like... can pay for the flower for your date. You can yeah. get rent the tux. You can, you know, go to prom, man. Yeah, you want to. You have some friends, and this is a good kid. Sure, you sure. You know, we're like, you know, I mean, for crying out loud, um, again, not a need, but that's okay, because. I earn the money, I can waste it on whatever I want. You get to pick. Yeah. And if yep. I want to throw away money on some kid's, you know, prom, then I can do it. I can pile my money up in a in a pile in my backyard and light it on fire. It's mine. Sure. Problem is, that doesn't happen when the government gets a hold of it. That's it's my going, concern. Yeah,
1: it's going somewhere. It's
0: still going somewhere. Yeah. And I think the pile on fire is probably pretty apt as far as how effectively it's used. <laughs> but but that's the difference is when it comes to charity, I know the people that are getting it. I know I'm helping a real need. It's direct. Yeah. Um, I see the fruit of it immediately. It is very different. That is why you know we we've talked a lot about the government and Christianity but that is the reason that I'm so against um government assistance. I feel like it is anti-church, anti-Christian, anti-marriage, anti-tithing, anti-bible. It hurts so many things because we just go, "Uh, just get on welfare, get on food stamps. There you go. You got your help." Yeah. And I and I I see it as such a terrible thing. I am so, so against it. And I don't think it's easy to fix, and I don't think it's going to change. Um, And if it were to change, it couldn't change, like, overnight. It would have to be, you know, slowed down. But the Bible has some very strong language when it talks about these issues, and it weeds out the people that are lazy and indifferent. It weeds out the people who are taking advantage of a system. It weeds out the people who are destroying their life through alcoholism and drug abuse. It weeds out those groups and it says, no, these are the groups that you are supposed to help and these are the ways that you're supposed to help them. And I don't see a problem with um, the church paying for someone's rent Every month, paying for their food, paying for it, you know, until the day they die. And sometimes, um, you know, helping people get back up on their feet and move forward. But it does not work unless everyone in the church is doing their job and they are tithing and money is coming in so that it can go out and can... It, it, It is so sad to me to think that the Christian church today is not the one helping its own people. That is so sad. That is such a horrible testimony to think that we would say, go to the government, they're going to help you. It It's crushing to me. It, it should be a source of attraction where people should say, you know what? Um, I admire these people and their sacrifice and what they do to help the poor. Not only that, I want to be a part of this group. I want to be a member of a church. I want to be around and have a community that would support me in case anything happened. This is a good thing that I want to be a part of. That, I think, is what Christianity should look like. And it's so sad to me that government welfare and food stamps and the whole government dole, I think, uh, hurts that so much.
1: I don't think I have anything to add to that one.
0: Okay, so, Zach, I am am at the end of my notes. We can talk about some verses in the Bible that command these things, but I don't think that's hard to find. I think the... They're in there. Yeah, I think the thing that I wanted to do was clear up the misconception of what it means when we say take care of the poor, which is define the poor, define how we need to take care of them, and understand that the Christian individually helping the poor is not the same thing as the government doing it. We cannot say I, as a Christian, have no responsibility to do this because the government's got it under control. Yeah, took care of it, and and I don't have to
1: do anything. So... We're in danger of going under two hours here. Yeah, unless I saw I, that. unless I say something else. <laughs>
0: if you have a question or something that well, you've been I, dying to bring up,
1: let me have. I, I've it. got one. When I picked this topic, there's one. Uh, there's one set of people mm-hmm. that I'm heartbroken for, mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do about, mm-hmm. and. Part of what you're saying, I think, is helpful Mm -hmm. in that if there was a vastly larger amount of financial resource, Mm -hmm. there would be a different way to deal with things. Uh But legitimately um, mentally disabled Mm -hmm. people who are disabled to to a degree where it is not only impractical. But it's probably dangerous mm-hmm. to have them try to hold a job, sure, or live with family mm-hmm. or live w- with other people. Um, what do we do? they're on the street, uh-huh. The only thing that happens now is that they move around from place to place until the police are called. Mm-hmm. I mean, the police know these guys by name, oh yeah, they will sometimes they'll just ask me, yeah. Like w- once you once you have a dispatch yep. person that you know decently enough, mm-hmm. they're just like, is it Glenn? Yeah. Is it? Yep. Is it Dimitri? Uh-huh. Like they, because they they see these guys every day. Yeah. And there is that they, when they're to, they're dangerous to each other mm-hmm. if they interact with each other. Yeah. Dangerous to themselves,
2: mm-hmm.
1: to other people. I mean, I, I'm talking about things like um, schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and so super small number of the po- like amount of people in the population. Totally understand that, but they still exist. But and they're and they're <clears throat> when I leave the church to go for a walk, mm-hmm. they're talking to themselves <coughs> in in the tube slide across the street, mm-hmm. right? And man, I'm just like I. They've they've worn out their families. Mm-hmm. Many of them, their families did the best they could for all these years. Yeah, right. Kicked out of every school, institution, whatever. Um. I look at these guys and I'm like, I, I just don't even. Okay, so, don't le- even know.
0: so le- let me go over. Let me go, let me back up a step and, and we'll hit this. Okay, so number one, the, one of the questions we have is the folks that are physically or mentally handicapped to the point where they cannot take care of themselves, are we as a society, not even a Christian, as a society, obligated to help these people and to take care of them? And the answer is obviously yes. Now, the second question is who needs to be responsible And my answer is very simple and very open-ended. It is anybody but the government. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Okay. take them out of it but then anybody else. I'd be satisfied with anyone. Now, there are going to be several people who are going to um, require a level of care that can be given by a family, but they're going to need assistance. Mm -hmm. And in those Mm -hmm. cases, we're going to go, I'm going to revert back to the list. You're going to get help from your family. You're going to get help from your community. You're going to get help from your church. And everyone together needs to come together to give that level of assistance. Okay. Then you get to a group where the family is unable to, take care of them. It's just too much of a burden. There Mm -hmm. are people that require, you know, total care. And we're not even talking about someone who is bedridden. Okay. We could be talking about someone like you said, who is schizophrenic and they um, are confused about who they are, where they are, who you are. And, um, and they might not be small. Right. So we we have an issue. So in those cases, The first question I have to ask you is, is the government adequately taking care of
1: those people currently? Well, the best I can tell, again, in Grand Junction, the idea is that those people aren't able to be cared for. So if the answer
0: is no, then the to that question, then the solution cannot be the government. Because the government is not
1: doing it. So do you, like, I don't know if Mind Springs, like, th- there are places where you can take people, well, they'll, they'll do an intake, like, they'll have a counselor or a psychologist or, and, and do an intake process, and then they'll decide, you know, you keep this person here for three days, or you send them to Montrose for a week, or, you know, something along those lines. But that, as far as I can tell, I, I don't know if there's any steps beyond that. They're just sort of safe for a little bit.
0: So... You're going to need a private sector solution. If you don't need that, and we're saying it doesn't work, okay, then we don't have to worry about it because the government's in charge. Yeah, right. Right. Are you satisfied with that answer? No, no, no one is. Okay, so we have to have a private sector solution. So what needs to happen is there needs to be a nonprofit charity type of situation where we can raise money to get these people the help that they need. That help is probably going to be expensive.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like total. There's going to be a group of people that are the hardest and most expensive ones to help. Like that's just the way it is. I am still completely
0: willing to be a part of that solution financially because l- let's face it i don't know what those people need right, right i don't right. know the medications they need to be on <clears throat> i'm not looking to get a full-time job as an orderly taking care of them I- i'd be happy sure. to chip in building the facility right 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 if sure. someone you know if <clears throat> someone wanted to get together and say we're going to solve this problem this is what we're going to do i'll tell you the issue the government's going to be what's going to get in the way because they're going to say, "Well, you can't just throw people in there," you know. They're going to say you are kidnapping them,
1: right? You right, know? right, or you got you are going to have to prove all sorts of things about what you do yeah. all day long.
0: You are going to run into some issues, but as far as um, as far as solving the problem, every problem always comes down to one individual or a small group that steps up and says, "I am going to take the bull by the horns, mm-hmm. and we're going to fix this thing." And we have experience in it. This is what's needed. We need a facility. We need a faculty. Mm -hmm. And we need a level of finances. And we can fix this problem. And I believe that every problem on earth can be fixed with those three Fs.
1: The three three
0: Fs? The three Fs. Facilities, faculty, and finances. finances. You can fix any problem in the world. Now, it might not be perfect, and it might be very difficult. Right, right, right. But I'm 100% on board doing it. Tell me what you need from me and I'll get on board. I'll show up and help build the facility. I'll go to the facility and help do some of the maintenance when you need it. I will write a check once a month and get on board that way. Even if you wanted to go to every single church in town and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Okay, the best we can figure is that we have a population of one hundred and fifty of these folks that are out there. And what we want to do is we want to build the facilities. We want to give them, you know, a place to be able to live where they're safe. They're out of the rain. We can feed them. We can clean them, you know, and that that's what we're going to be able to do is it going to be a glamorous life no but it's better than living in a park right and begging for food like
1: or all of the parks yeah
0: and and the jail sale you got it so this is what we're going to try to do this is the budget that we see we need to fix this we're going to try writing grants we're going to ask the state for money Okay, maybe we can get some. That would be great. Uh, we're going to ask the county government to put a line item in the budget and hand us some money. Uh, we're going to ask all the churches to get together. But I don't see that the problem can't be fixed. What I see is that nobody's doing anything about it yeah, right now. Yeah. And, and Zach, I hate to say it, you know, I'm not the guy
1: for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone no, is. Like, I already have all of my stuff that I'm doing, too. That, that's yeah. just... There, there's a population of people that I've run into that I just think to myself, boy, oh boy, they need help. I mean, that is, yeah. And, and it's I'll, like, I'm even thinking to myself while you're doing through that, going through the, those three F's mm-hmm. like the, the faculty. Yeah. I'm like, if you, if you could convince everyone, look, it's going to take 20 people mm-hmm. a day mm-hmm. to run this thing. But instead of trying to hire 20 people, <laughs> yeah, it's like, It'd almost be safer, maybe to. Out, and this is this is off the rails a little bit. I'm That's just fine. spit from some stuff, but like if you were to tell all those churches, also, now here's the other thing we need:
2: mm-hmm.
1: we need 20 people mm-hmm. from this church to volunteer for to a two day period or whatever. Sure. Because these guys are so difficult, mm-hmm. your turnover rate working in there is going to be so high. Yeah, you're going to spend all of your time just trying to find new people to work there. But if you're like, look, I know it's going to be a tough night. Yeah, but give me a night,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then <laughs> you just find three hundred, like uh, all sorts of things. But anyway, that, that's just look. That's sort of the the bottom of the barrel thing.
0: I, I'm going to tell you this, and I'm going to get political for a second. The first round of spending that we sent off to Ukraine, that I heard about and looked into was 60 billion dollars 60 billion billion yeah okay sure to give you an idea an idea zach if you were to take the population of america which i'm just for easy numbers we'll say is 300 million it's a little higher than that but sure and let's assume that every single person in america all 300 million own a home okay and every single one of them has a mortgage of say $200,000. Okay? Do you know what it would cost to pay off 300 million mortgages at a rate of at a cost of $200,000? I do not. It would cost exactly 60 billion. Really? Yeah. We just sent that <laughs> off to Ukraine and it's gone with no accountability. People don't know where it is. It's just one of the greatest money laundering Scandals that we're never going to hear anything about. Our government is so stupid and wasteful. And I want to make sure that if anyone from our government is listening, I'm talking about you individually. (laughs) You are so stupid and wasteful that you are the reason America is falling apart. Okay? There is money to take care of every Problem under the sun. It is just that our government is so inept, such an absolute failure, that we squander all of the resources that we could use to solve all the problems in our country on fraud. Collectively, as a society, in any state, in any county, you know, and and don't get me wrong. I understand some counties are much more poor, and some are more affluent. Yeah. But a- as a nation, th- there is the money to fix that schizophrenic homeless problem we're talking about in this valley. We're not going to get the money for it.
1: No, no. no but if course. the
0: government wasn't taking it from us, or if the government would be willing to give it to a private entity in the form of a grant, I don't see that. We couldn't, you know, rally together and fix this problem.
1: Yeah, sure. Now, $60
0: billion. Yeah, that was the first round. A lot more money has been given, and that doesn't even include the equipment that we've sent over yeah, there. Yeah, sure. Basically, we are financing and arming a war with Russia. We are just not using U.S. troops to fight it. But we're paying for it, and we're giving them the the planes and the bullets. S-
1: second party. Yeah. Second, that- <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I personally have faith in the private sector to take care of problems. I do believe a lot of problems are going to be harder to take care of. Um, you sure. Sure. You know sure. some some problems are just, you know, they're a lot sexier. They, they Making the, sure everybody has bread isn't sure. that big of a, yeah. yeah. Um, but I have faith in it. And even if I didn't have great faith in the private sector, I've already witnessed what the government will do. And it doesn't do anything or it does stuff very poorly. So I don't have faith in that because I've seen it fail for so many years. Mm-hmm. So... A private sector solution is the only other option that we have. Now, it won't be perfect. It'll be clumsy. They'll make mistakes too. And that's what the government always uses to consolidate power is, well, you let this one person slip through the cracks, so we're going to take over to make sure everyone is accounted for. And that's coming from a group that, you ready for this, greater than 50% of children in foster care, you ready, Uh are unaccounted for.
1: What do you mean unaccounted for?
0: I mean the state doesn't know where they are on any given day. And that's not Patrick making something up. That is Patrick being told this by state Colorado employees (laughs) who worked in that system. And they said, if you asked us to gather up all the kids on a given day because we needed them somewhere.
1: Couldn't do it. We
0: would be able to gather up less than half. Wow! So I don't have you know faith in that system. I have faith in the private sector, and I believe it could be done
1: because the the uh, the accountability that, that starts working both ways mm-hmm. too, right? If the everything is done locally, and but in private sector when you start stealing money from that charity mm-hmm. and it's like oh no we know that guy yeah that works here mm-hmm. we know where he did he spent the money to buy that car yeah we, we know can where tell, he lives we oh, can get man, him in jail that guy
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that guy is in trouble but yeah once you go to this third party stuff yep bigger it, issue
0: yeah it, the stuff just gets lost I'm not saying it would be neat and clean, okay, when you're dealing with homeless people with schizophrenia, and that's just the specific example we decided to come up with. It's not going to be an easy
1: fix. No, no.
0: But tell me that there's another option. Uh, There's the private or the public sector. That's it. If you think the public sector is doing a great job, then guess what? Stop worrying about it. Right. That guy in the park really isn't there, Zach. Because the government's well, in charge,
1: don't worry say, about. Yeah, there, there stop might... calling. You don't need to. <laughs> yeah. they're in charge. the The only other option would be you just pretend like it's not happening. Yep. That's what you get, and and a lot. Of, that's fine for a lot of people, right up until the time when it's like he's sleeping in your car. Yeah. Or because then he then he exists. The government
0: so. solution to high schoolers uh, not having. A sufficient a sufficient level of education um, to graduate is to uh, drop the bar and say, "Well, now you only need this level to graduate." Well, guess what? Graduations went up. The number of kids going sure, through high sure, school went up. You know, and we can say the same thing. You know, if you make under this amount, you're poor. Well, if we want to eliminate poverty in America. Just drop the line.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can move the goalpost. Yeah, move the goalposts, sure, and all of a sudden
0: sure. it's like, hey, we, we eliminated twenty percent of poverty in, in one year. Yeah. By... With a pen stroke. <laughs> yeah. So Zach, I'm gonna tell you this. My grandfather, um Joseph Francis Xavier Hayes. Yes. His dad was Run over and killed in uh, Brooklyn, New York, when he was about nine years old. And this was, you know, um, boy, yeah. this was like World War One or you know before that, because yeah. when he yeah. was a kid, because my dad was born during World War Two. So his mom, after the funeral, uh, took him aside and said, uh, "You got to go to work tomorrow." you're not going to school anymore Yeah, um, because there was no public assistance. And he ended up walking down the street to the nearest factory. And he walked in and he said, Hey, my name is Joe Hayes and I need a job. And um, the, the men there knew what happened. They read the paper and they said, okay, here's a broom. You're going to sweep the shop floor, you know, and we'll pay you at the end of every day. Yeah. So they gave him a job so he could uh, support his family. So he went to work every day and supported his mom his two sisters and his two cousins who lived with them um two more girls yep because uh one of the one of their parents died and the other was an alcoholic who left and couldn't be accounted for sure he uh got into sanitation and started working as a garbage man okay when he got old enough which i don't remember what the age was yeah Uh, they would have groceries show up on their doorstep. Um, when they would go to the butcher, you know, the butcher would light the scale, you know, he would give them twice as much meat as they would pay for, you know, um, everyone in the community, everyone in their local church, uh, you know, any family they had, everybody chipped in in whatever way they could because everybody knew what was going on. The reason they did that was because there were no other options. Sure. There were three options. There was family, there was community, there was your church. That's it. There was no other place to get anything. So there wasn't any government to go to. Uh, My grandfather supported his mom and what he called his four sisters until all four of the girls grew up and got married and his mom died. Yeah. He was in sanitation the rest of his life. And by the time he retired, he was in charge of sanitation over all five boroughs of New York City. And the city of New York sent a limo and a chauffeur to pick him up and bring him to work every day. (laughs) He had a nine-year-old education. But he could work. Yep, and he made it, and their family made it. And it was hard, it was very hard. And my father grew up in that house. And let me tell you, he did not get much slack as a kid. And then I grew up under his house. And yep. uh, and I had the same thing. You know, I had the same work ethic that was given to me. And it, it was hard, but it was good for all of us. And one thing I was talking to my wife about is going through hard times, um, going through very hard times for the Christian um, – there is something that we have to look forward to. There's a hope at the end. And yes. when we look back after heaven, the hard times that we had to go through for a brief period here on earth is really nothing at all. Um, I'll tell you this, when, and I don't want to get into, you know, modern monetary theory and the problem with the Federal Reserve and when <laughs> all of a sudden we could, you know, get income taxes from Americans, and instead of just paying for the lights and the buildings and bullets and salaries of the government, we could take that money from you and give it to somebody else, and thereby doing, we could buy votes with it, and that's the whole purpose of welfare. It's not, it's not to help anybody. When welfare first came out, and this is my grandfather tell, yeah, telling yeah, yeah. me this story, he said, when the Great Depression was going on, They would fill fellas up in a bus and they would drive them just outside of the city to somewhere in the country and they'd get them in a field and they'd get a busload of guys and they'd get them out with shovels and pickaxes and they would say, okay, um, we got to dig a ditch. It's got to be 12 feet wide, got to be six feet deep. It's going to be from here over to there. And they'd bring them out there every day, five, six days a week. And these guys would be uh, digging this ditch and at the end, of the week they would uh, pay them. And it was the, the city and the state that was doing this. And then the next week they would have a different group and they would bring them out to the same field. And they'd say, we need uh, you guys to fill in this ditch. And they did that because nobody would take welfare.
1: They would work. They had to work for the, they refused to take a handout. Wow.
0: So the government had to come up with creative ways for these guys to, to work. To work. You got it. So because, they earn it. Yep. That's what this country used to be like.
1: And that's 100 years ago. 100 years less. ago. Less. Yep. Yeah. A little, little more maybe. Yeah. 100 years.
0: And nowadays you have people who, no matter how much the government gives them, they feel entitled to getting more. And the idea was... Um, you know, what's our job? Well, our job is to make sure nobody starves and nobody dies of exposure. Well, I want more than that. Well, good for you. Go get a job.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. No.
0: And our, you know, our job is to provide you with the minimum. We're, we're going to keep you alive. Uh, we're going to um, we're not even going to do as much as we do for prisoners nowadays. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But we are going to let you know that there is a brass ring out there and you can get it. Um, and you still have that opportunity in America, but we're not going to write a check for your entire lifestyle every day for the rest of your life. So,
1: even though the widows and the soldiers in the old Testament wouldn't mm-hmm. that the edges of the field weren't harvested yep. and all the sheaves that fell, but you had to go get them. Nobody was going to pack them up and bring them to you. That's right. Yep,
0: There was still some work for you to do. Mm-hmm. And it even explains that when you go through the New Testament about uh, the widows that would be provided for. It said we the ones that were faithful. Yeah. The yep. ones that they were members of the church. They showed up regularly. They helped out. They did what they could. And we were happy to do what we could. Yes. You know, but the ideas of of sitting at home, um, you know, and playing Xbox and getting paid is nonsense. Uh, the idea that you don't have an Xbox or air conditioning, uh, I don't care about, um, you know, with that being said, uh, you know, if there is a family with kids that are good kids and the family loves God and they're, you know, a wonderful people and they can't afford presents for Christmas, which I mean, we all know I hate Christmas. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. But <laughs> You know, if I can buy that family an Xbox and the family and the parents are okay with it, uh, I'd like to do that. Okay, yeah. You yeah. know, um, even though it's not what's needed, and I think it's way beyond what I'm required to do as a sure, Christian. Sure, sure. We still like doing those things because we're charitable people. Um, but it's just so different, and and I see it as a destructive thing you know, you don't feed the bears and we've gotten to a point where, uh, Americans used to say, I will not take this money. I have to work for it. And that's all I want. I just want a job. Yeah. Right. That's right. all I'm looking for. I just want a job and I'm happy to work, um, to now we're at a point where, you know, what can I get? And there's no end there is no amount that will satisfy me.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, because that, that bar keeps on moving, too, yeah. right? That just keeps on mm-hmm. going up. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I got this food to eat, but mm-hmm. like, it's not Pizza Hut. Yeah. All right. Why 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 can't I get that?
0: Yeah, it's hamburger. I want steak. Yeah. I want pork chops. Do you know the last time my kids had a pork chop? I think they've had one in their life. Yeah, I don't
1: think I remember. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time I had a pork chop?
0: Yeah, they're expensive. They're delicious, too. <laughs> All right, man, we're, we're yep. past two hours. We better wrap hey, this up for it. us. we did it. All
2: right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we broke the two-hour mark. I don't know what the quality was, but, but we'll see. I had fun. Uh, thank you very much for coming. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. You can join us here every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Central. Please check us out on Facebook and YouTube. You can search Bobble Thumper Podcast on either of those platforms. And if you're watching us live, you can certainly... Um you can certainly uh find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, any place you can find a podcast, you can uh look us up there, download it, share it, rate it, review it, pass it on to friends. It would help a lot. Okay, thanks for coming, Zach. Everybody have a you good evening. Bye bye.